Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I heard about this professor and he was going to prove to his students that there is no God. He said, God, if you are real, knock me off this platform. I'm giving you 15 minutes to do it. But every minute that went by, he taunted God. God, I'm still waiting, still here. In the last minute, a 300-pound rugby player walking down the hallway overheard what he was saying. He took off running towards the professor full blast and put his shoulder down. Not allowed. Shoulder down and saw him flying off the platform. The professor got up in a daze and he said, what in the world did you do that for? The rugby player said, God said that he was busy, so he sent me. <laughs> Can you imagine all this, this blast? I mean, last night, those all blacks, all these people, it must be so, I mean, you can't do your tackles and you can't do shoulder thing, you know, and I'm glad that they call it now. But the thing is, though, isn't it just the, the smashes that they must have all the time? And you know they're doing it all for us? Why on earth would you do it? They do it for country, right? For God and country, right? So they're doing it for us. It's just, it's amazing. But um, what, a, what an amazing game. And uh, England, here we come. So we're at the end of Kylo. Uh, most of you have done the, the Kylo series. And there's one question in the last one, which I was really amazed by and really challenged by. There's a guy, and I know who he is in America, who was a prophet, and he was struck by lightning, and he kind of died and went to heaven. And the question that God asked him was, did you learn to love? And I thought, what a powerful question. Did you learn to love? And I hope that throughout this whole uh, Kylo series, the Keep Your Love On series with Danny Silk that we've been going through the last term, that you've been blessed, you've been challenged, to love more, to love stronger, to love more powerful. And today, what I really want to do today is I want to celebrate the one who loves us more than anything else. Today, I want to celebrate Jesus. Today, I want to feast on Jesus. You already see here that you see the, the, the beautiful um, jug and the, um, this is the real communion, you know, baker. This is the one at Indiana Jones. Actually, he wouldn't find this one. He would, he would say this is too, too posh for Jesus. But you know what I mean? This is really, I love it. But we're going to celebrate Jesus. We're going to celebrate the one who gave us his life. The one who loves us so much. The expression of love through God is Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. You try saying it as fast as I do. <laughs> now, what Jesus serious? God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. And so today I really felt at the end of it, I want to celebrate Jesus. And the most beautiful sacrament in the church is Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper or the Eucharist. You know what Eucharist means? It means Thanksgiving. Isn't it wonderful? We don't use the word Eucharist, more Catholic. But it's wonderful how Eucharist it's a beautiful term that means thanksgiving. We're thanking for what God has done for us. He proved his love for us by dying on the cross for us. And then, of course, rising on the third day to give us new life. 
I want to talk about communion. One of my favorite things I want to talk about is communion today because it is so powerful. And I want us to commune with Jesus. I want us to feast on Jesus. And I want you to have an expectation that something will happen in your life as we go through this. Because he is here by his Holy Spirit. And he is powerful. And he loves to change your life. He loves to have breakthrough in your life. He loves to give you stuff. He loves to empower you. He loves to comfort you. All the goodies that God wants to give comes to the power of the Holy Spirit. And one of the most powerful things we can do to celebrate is this beautiful power meal. Powerful meal. The early church, they celebrated this every day. Every day they would celebrate communion. Every day. It's like, it's like, it's like celebrating Easter every day. And of course it makes sense because we are celebrating and living the resurrected life every day. Because we've been resurrected right into new life. So we have this life. And no wonder they celebrate it every day. Look, Acts 2. It says here, daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. Now, I love this. Now, many of you would know because I've said about this before. But I want to remind you, some of you are new here, is that these meals were called love feasts. Agape meals. Agape means the love of God. The early church, they would go and meet around a meal, meet around the love of God, what Christ has done for them, but celebrating the love of God. Love feast is only one time mentioned in the Bible, which is in Jude 12. It talks about love feast. But throughout the ages in the church, Love feast and also agape meal is very much used uh, in this context and is very, very powerful. So they would eat together a meal, like in the house, also in the church, but also in the house. They would eat a meal together, and at the end of the meal, they would share communion together. Now, later on, the Catholic Church, or the church there, there's only one church then, you know, the Catholic Church, they would then separate it, and then they would have communion in the Mass, in the church services, but they would have, of course, the meals at home and just separate these two. But it never used to be like this. They used to be together in one more. And that's why, because I often thought, why on earth did the guys get so drunk? In Corinthians, Paul tells them off, you guys are drunk. And because you are drunk, you cannot even by faith take the goodies from the communion anymore because you have no idea because you're drunk. I said, how could they get drunk? You don't drink that much. I mean, this is quite a big cup. If you drink this wine in one go, I guess, Drunk? Not really. And in those days, of course, they drank this all the time. And still in the East, of course, they drink wine every day. In, in, in France, Perrine and Nicholas, they're drinking wine every day. Because they just, unless they don't drink. I don't know if they drink. Do they drink? I have no idea. But the thing is, though, because it's very normal to drink. It's like water there. It's, it, water here is like wine there. So it's normal in the East to drink wine. So they would have drunk wine all the time. You don't get drunk on this, really. So what happened there? The problem was, of course, throughout the meal, they would have been drinking, 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 drinking. And then at the end of the meal, when they start to say, now the end is now for Jesus, and they're kind of drunk. They're kind of like, they can't see this anymore. They're kind of out of it. And that's what Paul is talking about. But the reason why he talks about it, and there's another message, I will talk about it probably next year. I want to do a two-week series on Eat Yourself Healthy. It's all about communion. But the thing is, though, it, it, he, he, the reason why he said it, because this is so important, because it brings life into your body. And if you don't recognize it, if you don't recognize the power of this, if you're out of it, then you won't have anything go into your system, into your body, into your life, you will not have the benefits of this beautiful meal, this communion meal in your life. 
So the early church, their worship was centered around this meal, loving God and loving one another. And today, what I would love to do is just to feast on Jesus. Can we do that? That's a good thing to do. When you come to church, you might as well just feast on Jesus. Because he's so beautiful. He's so wonderful. He's so glorious. He's so loving and so kind to us. Let's stand together. Read a scripture here in 1 Corinthians 11. Let's do it together loud. One, two, three, go. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of this meal. Father, we pray for a revelation to come into each one of us of what you have done and how this meal can empower our lives every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So this meal celebrates Jesus. This meal is all about Jesus. He says, do this in remembrance of me. This is not about you. I used to grow up and I think this is all about me. Confessing my sins and my struggles and Lord, I'm just like filled again and whatever. Nothing to do with you. It is for you, but it's not about you. It's not about your sins. It's not about your shortcomings. It's not about your issues. It's not about confessing your issues. Although it is a moment that you could say, Lord, I'm sorry. You could say, hey, Lord Jesus, I'm mucked up here, whatever. Sure. But the thing is, though, the reality is, do this in remembrance of me is much deeper than many of us have realized in our lives. Because otherwise, you have old covenant thinking. In the old covenant, your sins were only covered. Bulls and goats cannot take sin away. They can only cover the sin. So the priest, day after day, they have to sacrifice in order for our sins to be covered. They weren't even taken away, but they were just covered. You can see this here in Hebrews 10. Yet every day, priests still serve, ritually offering the same sacrifices again and again. Sacrifices that can never take away sin's guilt. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered the one supreme sacrifice for sin... For all time. Everybody say for all time. Once for all time. He sat down, it's finished, at the throne at the right hand of God, waiting until his whispering enemies are subdued and turned into his footstool. And look at this, the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful sentences in, this, in the Bible. Let's all say it together. And by his one perfect sacrifice, he made us perfectly holy and complete for all time. Now that's worth celebrating. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus. That's what he did for us. He made us holy and righteous and perfect for all time. Jesus paid for our sin. It is gone as far as the east is from the west. He's taken our transgressions from it. It's been eliminated. He has done it. It is finished. Now that is Easter. I know it's the Easter story. But that's the whole point. The Easter story for us is every day. We live in the resurrection power. I find it very interesting as I was reading this because I hadn't seen this before. That's funny. In the Old Testament, every day... The priest would have to give those sacrifices. 
And now we have the opportunity, because I'm trying to convince you, that we every day celebrate Jesus because of what he has done. No longer to take sacrifices. He's done it once for all. But now we can just celebrate him. We can thank him. And then we can say, and thank you, Lord, what you've done, that whole thing which you did, that life that you've been given to me, now you start to materialize this into my life, into my body, into my marriage, into my health, into my everything comes into me. It's not just a thing that he did. There's power in what he did. Resurrection power. Amen? Come on. Don't be too quiet. It's almost like an Easter thing. Easter is every day. But I want, I want you to be excited about what God has done for you because it's so powerful. There's no more sin between you and God. We are one with Christ once for all. It's just such powerful, squeaky clean. Our innocence restored. I'll talk about it some other time. Innocence restored, perfect and holy for all time. As he is in this world, so are you. Oh, I love this so much. You know, when I meditate on this and I think, oh, Father, how Jesus, he's so perfect for you, isn't he? So pure, so beautiful, so holy. Jesus, we're talking about Jesus, the Son of God, who was and is and is to come, the Word made flesh. That I'm now as holy and as beautiful as him. Isn't that crazy? In a spirit we've been born of such beauty. Doesn't that make you love him? That's why we love him. We so love God because he first loved us and gave his life for us to make us so beautiful in every way. It's all because of Jesus, all because of his sacrifice. Now, three years ago, when we went to Israel, and I've shown you this before, but some of the new people here have not seen it, and it's good to be reminded because it says, stat statistics say that when you walk out of here, about 90%, you forget. Um, so we're going to go for uh, the garden tomb. So uh, some of us were, were here two years ago, but also three years ago, some of us went uh, to Israel with a large team. And so any, anybody been to the tomb here? Anybody? That's great. So it's about maybe one-fifth or maybe one-sixth. So I hope, I trust that all of you one day will go. you got to go. It's like, you know, you got to go. you got to go. So this tomb right here, so that's the tomb. And you can see here where the stole, stone used to be uh, here, rolled into this thing, and then... Uh, it's all good. And then, and then uh, the next, next slide, you see the tomb here. And then you see inside the tomb. So when you go inside, you see this. It was not there when Jesus was there, of course, probably. But, okay, you know. but people don't want to go in, you know, in there like that. And then on the inside of the door, as you walk out, you see this. <laughs> he's not here. He's risen. I'm out of here. Right? Come on, I'm out of here. And then you go, next one. And so you see here people throng. And they kind of go, go together and, and every day, every day, every day, every day. Millions go every year to this beautiful place to see what is not there. Every day, every day, millions go to see what is not there because he is risen. Come on, he is risen. <laughs> now, you know, you know, we know why it's so amazing. You know why this place is so amazing? It's because that tomb. It's my tomb. See, I visited my tomb. And I never had the realization because I had been there like 35 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever. I went before we got married. When we were married, right? We married, okay. Okay, so I must have been 25. 25, <laughs> I was there. I, was there. I went with my parents, but I had no idea about the stuff really and, and go there. But the thing is though, when I visited there, the realization came in Brian Simmons of the Prussian Translation. He was doing this tour with us. He kind of helped us to reveal this. It is my tomb. The thing is, though, I died. When I come into Jesus in faith, I died. 
Because when Jesus died, I died. But it's also my resurrection. When Jesus was walking around, when he resurrected three days later, he was walking around the garden and saw the girls, you know, the, the Mary, Magdalena, all those guys, you know, and said, hey, I thought it was the gardener. It's dumb Jesus. Ooh. You know, Jesus, it is also my resurrection. It is so powerful. It's so important because we have been crucified with Christ. We were buried with Christ. But we also rose with Christ. And we're also co-risen with Christ and co-ascended with Christ and now co-seated with Christ in heavenly places. So this whole understanding of the Easter message, the whole understanding of new life is that his death became my death. Remember my old life? Guys, I need you to be more happy. It's like I'm talking to, you are the redeemed for goodness sake. I understand if I'm talking to town hall to some atheist, then they will, I understand that kind of reaction. But I mean, he, but not that this is a redeemed, this is the army of God. You are the redeemed, most of you anyway, the redeemed of God. So I get, get excited about God. Just do me a favor on my birthday, please. That's once a year, get excited about the gospel, you know. Come on, the more excited you are the gospel, and when you walk out of here, you're going to share other people. If you're not excited, how can, how can anybody else get excited about the gospel? If you're not excited about the gospel, you know? It's so powerful. His death is my death, but also his life is my life. Everything that he's given to me, his life is now mine. I have the same inheritance as Jesus Christ. Come on, we get very excited about this. So I pray that all of you will go one day to Jerusalem. You've got to plan it one day to go there and to see where you died, but also where you rose. Where you rose to new life. Where you put faith in Christ, 2,000 years, boom, the Spirit came into your life. So beautiful. Matthew 26, 29, when Jesus talked about his own, uh, the supper and so on, and, and sharing with the, the disciples, he says, I will not drink from this vine until I do this with you in the kingdom. Drinking wine, you know, together and doing his body and do Last Supper. And the thing is, sometimes we think it's some, in, some millennial thing that we're going to drink with Jesus in the new kingdom or something. But he's not talking about that. He's talking about right now. But right when he resurrected, he was mingling. He's talking about us, the church. He's mingling with us today. He's right here by his Holy Spirit. And he ministers to us. He mingles with us. He serves us. He's the host. When we, when we share this communion every day, even, even when I do it alone in the morning, he's with me. He's serving me. And say, remember me, Gideon? Remember what I did for you? He said, yes, I know. It, it humbles me. It, it empowers me, but also incredibly humbles me in this way. It's just so beautiful. It's right now. He's here. We're feasting with him, blessing us in every way. Oh, I love this love feast. I love this agape me. I love communion with him. Verse 24, it says, Jesus I was going to get a bigger bread, but they, they couldn't get it. They said that I could have a really big bread like this big or, or this thing. So this, this was not my plan, but I appreciate um, this. Um, but I, I wanted to show you his, his broken body. I want it a bit more majestic. And, and because it's really powerful. So Jesus, he says to us, he says, he, says, he, broke, he says, this, this body is, is broken for you. See, broken for you. Isn't that wonderful? You feel the love. I did this for you. It's amazing. He broke. Said, "Eat, eat." Powerful. And then he took this this cup, and I've got this beautiful cup that I inherited from my family. And I've got here real wine. Just kidding. 
I got no wine, I don't drink wine. I don't drink anything. I mean, not alcohol. And this is the cup of bliss. And he says, drink this. Take. For the forgiveness of sin, but also really for a new covenant. And that's the most important part. Forgiveness of sin was the bump in the road. And he dealt with that. But really going forward, it's all about the new covenant. The kingdom of God that he's given to us. It's absolutely powerful. What he has done for us. And again, you can even, in that sense, understand Indiana Jones. That whole powerful thing there. That's good to have that. I mean, of course, theologically, it's a bit weird. Uh, everything happened there. But then again, it's not. Because remember, he did the thing, and he's, the healing came. So it's not that weird. Because oh, they know. We know what, what the power is of this meal. Think about that. Because that's actually, actually what it is. It is that how much power it has. Now. Now. In your life. Today. Right now. Right now. Every day. In your life. See, I want you to see once for all that these are not symbols. These are not symbols. These are elements, but they're not symbols. I don't eat symbols. What are the words of Jesus? He says, eat my flesh. Unless you take part of me, eat from me. We eat from him. These are not symbols. It is not symbolic. See, what happened in the, Protestant, in the Protestant church, they make it into a symbolic event. They make it into a memorial service. Thank you so much. And I don't want to denigrate that because it's, it's, part of it is right. Thank you so much, Jesus, for having done this for me 2,000 years ago to give me a new covenant and to, 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 to set me free from sin and blah, blah, blah. And it is that way. But it's not only a memorial service. Otherwise, you can just do once a year, let's have a memorial service. You know? At Easter, appropriate, let's have a memorial service. Now, the Catholics go the other way. They, they say, now it's transubstantiation. Transubstantiation. I always find it hard, that word. They said, this actually becomes the body of Christ. And this actually becomes his blood right here. Now, that's just freaky. And that's like crucifying Christ again every time. So that's not right either. But I think in some ways they have more understanding than we have. Because somewhere in the middle is the substance of this meal. But it's not physical. It is spiritual. But it's a physical thing. You eat. But there's a spiritual exchange. And I want you to see that because this is the most powerful thing, I think, that you will ever know, I think, is in the Bible. That's why we do it every day. That's why those guys were really ministering every day to each other in the early church. Because an exchange happens. See, faith, if you talk about faith, faith is substance, right? I mean, what is faith? You believe something. But in the Bible, when you believe something, you get something. When you believe for faith, faith manifests into a body. It's by faith. Everything in the, in the, in the kingdom is faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, right? It's like the key. It's faith. Same here. There's a key to this meal, and it's health. It is, goes into your body. Provision goes into your system, into your family. There's an activation because you do it by faith. That's why Paul was so angry when they were drunk, because they couldn't do it by faith. They were just like, do this thing, you know, and there's no faith. And by the way, he says, that's why some of you, and that's another story we'll do next year, that's why some of you are sick and have died before your time. That's why. Because of this. Not appropriating. So that must mean that it's very, very important. Because it actually can save your life. 
Am I getting through? <laughs> Am I getting through? I hope I can get through with you guys. It is substance. It is not just bread. It is power. It is the body of Christ. It is by faith that we receive something. Communion with him exchange. For as often as you take this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim, verse 26, the Lord's death until he, come, until he comes. Now that also, for years I thought, why do we have to celebrate his death? I thought his life, the resurrection, makes Christianity like, yeah, you know, if he's dead. I mean, there's so many people, Gandhi, I better go dead, Muhammad, all dead, you know. It's like, only Jesus rose from the grave. Surely that is the thing. But of course, when I saw this, and I saw many of you have probably have seen it too, is of course we understand that in those days and covenants of God, all the covenants of God are always cut in blood, in death. Because through the cutting of the death, life comes. That's why he had to die to have a new covenant. But when he died, we got a new covenant. Cut in his blood. And that's why we proclaim to ourselves and to the world the death of Christ, because actually the death of Christ has become our life and our resurrection. Amen? So that's why it's important to know, because it's blood covenants. It's blood covenants. That's how the, that's how the whole system works. All the, all the covenants, and even in, in the olden days, covenants between kings and, and, and those in between nations, all was blood covenants. And even you see in the occult, blood covenants. In the occult, they'll cut wrists and they share blood. Same thing. Because power in this whole thing, because it is a covenant that you make. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Like real power. Not as there's power, power, wonderful king power in the blood of the Lamb. I actually love that song. There is power, power, black church, you know, wonderful king power in the precious blood. Everybody goes like, there is power. Everybody been to Tilly Jake's church where you go crazy there, you know, everybody goes, ah, the thing is though, it's great, but there's, there's a great song, but it's actually reality. There really is power in the blood right now in your life. Notice when you come to Christ and become, you know, you step into the life of God and into forgiveness, into new life. Not only that, but ongoing power. Ongoing power that is available to you. And so we proclaim his name over our lives. We declare his finished work over our lives. That's why. And we receive from his finished work. And that's why it is so important to do it often. It says twice in the scripture there. Often. Now, I just looked up before. Sorry, when you were saying about my birthday, I was actually looking that up because I was, didn't know. I said, I said, what does often mean in a dictionary? You know what it says? Often. <laughs> you know what it says? With short intervals. Like a lot of times, right? Now, in the early church, they did every day. Every day, right? Now, in the church, sometimes we had like once a month. Most churches had like once a month, we celebrate a memorial service, and we thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for the elements, and blah, blah, blah. In that sense, again, the Catholics are better, sorry, because they do it every time at the Mass. They understand. Serious. We somehow have lost the power of this meal, and God wants it back in the church. He wants it back in your life because of the importance. Because by His stripes, by His body broken for me, you are healed. And so you start proclaiming his life over your life. Provision, whatever you need, provision. The life of God. That's why it's so beautiful, this exchange. So when we celebrate this, we celebrate exchange. His life, his perfect life for my broken life. Whatever that means. 
And you exchange ah, by faith. That's why it is so important to take this all the time. It is the substance of Jesus that goes into your body, into your soul, into your mind. It's a powerful meal. It's a happy meal. <laughs> I, I thought about that the other day. I said, it's a happy meal. You can go to McDonald's or I suggest you go to this happy meal. Because this happy meal will not get you bad cholesterol and make you fat and make you die before your time. But this meal will actually heal you up, clean you out, set you free. I'd rather have this meal. I know it's a bit barren. Looks, looks barren. Looks barren. It's like the cup at Indiana Jones. What's the like? Look at the cup, the most humble cup, right? That was a beautiful cup. He says, no, this, this is one of the carpenter. And what power was in the thing. Amen? Power in this thing, the powerful exchange. Every day they did this often. Many powerful men and women in the, in the world who were alive and who are alive. Take this. Um, Benny Johnson, Bill Johnson's wife, just wrote a new book on communion. I just got uh, read uh, yesterday, uh, two days ago, I read the one from Derek Prince. Of course, he's been gone for a long time. Uh, and Joseph Prince got a book. I'm going to write my own book because even the substance here, I haven't seen in many books. And I want to write it myself. But the thing is, though, I see so many people, Catherine Runala, Derek Prince, Joseph Prince, Smith Wigglesworth, all those guys every day to communion. And the reason why is because of the power that the meal has for you. A normal meal in life, great, feeds you and stuff like this. But this feeds you spiritually, but then impacts you physically in your life. Amen? So important in your life. So I want to now, what I do is I want to now... Um, I want to show you what I do. I want to show you what I do every day. Now, there's a lot of things I do every day because I make, I'm, I, as I go, as you do it every day, you've got to be creative, right? Otherwise, it can become boring, you know? In a sense, it can become a ritual, right? It's all the time the same. It's almost like you can almost pass out, you know, and say, hey, I'll do it again, you know? It can happen because we can all be like this in our lives. So you've got to keep it fresh and you've got to be, you know what I mean? You, you know? So it doesn't become a ritual, but it is a ritual, you know? It's a good ritual. It's a good thing to do in your life. So I take this bread. And I thought, Lord, this is your body that was broken for me. Your perfect life was exchanged for my life. And now as I acknowledge this life, you bring this life into my life. See, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Bread of life. Yum. So I say to the Lord, Lord, you are the bread of life. So I eat. I'm going to take an hour. I was coming. Bread of life. I eat his bread, this bread, because it represents him. Right? Jesus says, you shall not live by bread alone. That's normal bread like this. But by every word that comes out of my mouth. Right? A word. I eat every word. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Yes, the Lord. What's it going to take? I mean, so many things in the Bible. He shall provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. Yum. Right? All his words, all his promises into my life. I don't do that, of course. No, I do it for you now, that, that sound and things. I normally don't do that by myself. And then, and then I go, um, for your riches and glory in my life, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. You know, we say it so quickly and so almost like flippantly. I can do all things through Christ. What does it mean? Wow. That you strengthen me, you have angels working around me, favor, 
things and ideas. Stuff happens all the time. Because you eat from him. You eat from his covenant. You eat from his life. I love this. I eat your word and I receive what you have. Then I keep going. Bless you. And I said, Lord, by your stripes I'm healed. So I pray for myself, for my own healing. Thank you, Lord. I have no arthritis in my hand. My heart is amazing. My whatever. I start speaking over my own life health. Now then I said, hey, the people are sick. Peter, I pray for you every day. And you're not sick anymore, are you? But things I'll pray for you. I'm believing for you, healing you. And uh, for other people who are sick and it's to a particular cancer, I, I pray for, I just declare cancer. I say, thank you by stripes. They are healed in Jesus' name every day. I just declare it over the people. Then I go to my family. That, that's why my wife looks so beautiful, so young. I mean, she's like, she's going to be like, I don't know how old soon. I know how old, but I won't say it. In December. Um, older than me, but she, looks, but she looks 10 years younger than me. But the thing is, though, she stays healthy because I just pray every day for her. You know, so like I declare this meal over her every day. And my kids, they're really blessed because I do this over their life. Anyway, I pray for my kids. I pray for all you guys. I pray for the church. I keep on going because it is so important that we do this and have the bread and acknowledge the bread. Now, then I take the cup. And this is the cup of bliss. This is the most beautiful cup there is. When I bought the little cups I've got in my office, the little ones, the little ones from Olive Tree, you know. They're so beautiful. This little cup. I said, man, you're so powerful. You're so powerful. And I love it because it's just like, wow. Because attached to this cup, attached to this blood of Christ is everything. It represents the whole universe of God. The whole covenant of God with us. The whole life of God. I mean, like, whoa. It's amazing, you know. I'm trying to be over the top, but I mean, you know what I mean? Because, uh, because I want you to feel it. I really want you to feel and hear and know what I'm trying to say to you. Because you have to acknowledge how powerful this is. And I say, I thank you for your blood that was shed for me. I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for a new life. I thank you for everything in my life. Thank you, Lord, that this is the new covenant that you cut for me in your blood. That's amazing. It's a kingdom that is immovable, unbreakable, unshakable in my life. So right now, I stand on your life and I drink this. I am part, as a son of God, in your unbreakable, unshakable kingdom. It's powerful. I love this stuff. And then I start doing other things to get be creative, you know. I said, okay, wine, new wine, Holy Spirit. Okay, you left Jesus. You give the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Spirit. The new wine of God. In me. Not only outside, in me now. Wow. And say thank you, Holy Spirit, that you broker the kingdom of God in my life. You make all these things happen in my life. Miracles, but also comfort in my, in my time of pain. Also strengthening. It's amazing. You know, when the blood of Christ flowed from his side, it flows straight into your heart. And if you recognize that, something changes in you. Not just in acknowledgement of love for him, but also just in the power that it has for you in my life. I'm going to drink some. I can't wait. I'm sorry. It's just too exciting. It's just amazing what he has done for us every day. And I thank God for every day for a new life, for a new day. Look at the rain or look at the sunshine. This morning I looked at the moon. I said, how wonderful. We stand here like this, but it's like the universe. The open space all the way to the moon is right here in front of me. It's just amazing, Lord. And I just, I'm amazed by his creation. I said, Lord, and then I put him first. I said, Lord, I need you today because you know the stuff I'm going to face 
today, in my job, in my life, in my family. And so, Lord, I need you to strengthen me. I need you to be with me every day. You put Jesus first in everything. I commit my life to Christ. You know what I mean? I, I just submit and to his lordship. Very powerful in my life. I want to encourage you to do this. Let's pray together. And then we're going to celebrate after that. Father, we thank you for giving your son, Jesus. The son of pleasure, of your pleasure. The glory incarnate. The son of light, son of heaven. The eternal word of God made manifest as a baby at Christmas. Went to a cross 30 years later to give us this beautiful life in eternity. What a wonderful Savior. Jesus, I thank you. We thank you for your body. We thank you, Lord, that your body was broken for us, not only for our healing, but for life, for ideas, for life, for everything that we need for life. Your blood cleansed us forever of our sin. We are free. We No guilt and no condemnation. But also a blood that is powerful. There's power in the blood of Christ. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for with being with us here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for living inside of us and also among us as a community. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you show us Jesus, open our eyes to everything Jesus has given us, the inheritance. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for walking with us every day. You are truth in our lives. You bring us into truth. You bring us into freedom. You comfort us. You strengthen us. You lead us. You guide us. You broker the life of God in me, in my family, in my work. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Can we all say thank you? Say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Eucharist. Thank you. Thanksgiving. Now we're going to celebrate this together. We're going to celebrate with the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit who live in this constant love, they live in this union. And we, through Christ, have been brought up into the Trinity through the blood and the body of Christ. And we celebrate.